The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young is presented by Morton. Morton is a world-class fueling company that is used by the likes of Iliad Kipchoge, Molly Seidel, Mo Farah, Lex and Leo Young, and is even the official fuel sponsor of the Boston and Berlin Marathons, two of the world majors every single year. And in addition to this, Morton is used by the vast majority of endurance professional athletes due to the fact that Morton has their scientific formula down to a T with their amazing hydrogel technology. I personally have had the opportunity to try out some of Morton over the past week and all I can really say is that this stuff is truly incredible. I was on a long bike ride the other day and popped one of their gels halfway through and immediately I felt so much better and in my head I thought no wonder so many of these professional athletes are using this product through training and through their races. It was actually used by Ilade Kipchoge the first time he broke two hours in the marathon. That was his fuel of choice as he was running 433 pace for 26.2 miles, which is truly mind-blowing. And as you'll hear throughout this series, Lex and Leo also use their products to stay optimally fueled for their training so that they can race at their highest level. You can click the link in the show notes to any of these episodes to see more about Morton's product. And you can go on their website right now. Uh, you can go moreton.com, which is spelled M-A-U-R-T-E-N.com to see all of their incredible products and listen to the episodes each week to hear about how Lex, Leo, and myself incorporate this incredible product into our training so that we are able and ready to race at our best level. So without further ado, let's get into today's incredible episode. Welcome back to the second ever episode of The Call Room with Lex and Leo Young. I'm your host, Dominic, and I'm thrilled you have clicked on today's episode because it is a very fun and insightful one. In today's episode, Lex, Leo, and myself go through their previous week of training when we recorded the episode, their different runs and workouts that the program does. We talk about some running media from Let's Run to No Context Track and, and just talk about um, yeah some fun running media subjects. We talk about uh, Leo's love for black coffee, which is quite interesting, uh, their racing schedule this season, and so much more. And then to top it off, we also answer some listener questions along the way. And in relation to that, if you guys want to uh, have Lex and Leo answer one of your questions, you can follow me over at The Running Effect on Instagram to submit questions before we record every episode, and hopefully we can get to yours in a future episode. But yeah, before we get into today's episode, it's just a really fun, laid-back conversation, um, and I hope you all enjoy it as much as I did. You can like, subscribe, share the show, and even give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That way, people who haven't discovered the show can discover the show more easily, and I hope you all are enjoying this series as much as I am. It's been really fun journeying with Lex and Leo through their season, and I can't wait to continue to do so. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lex and Leo Young. Lex and Leo Young, welcome back to the second ever episode of The Call Room. How are you guys doing today? We're feeling good. It's a nice Sunday morning, just hanging out. Yeah, excited. So um, I guess my first question for you, and I will be doing like an Instagram Q&A episode today, but I feel like a question that I've seen pretty regularly when I put up those question polls on Instagram is people want to see and hear about your training. So could maybe one of you guys walk us through this past week of training, Sunday through Saturday, some of the different runs and workouts you guys did? Yeah, totally. So uh, last Sunday was uh a long run 
and then uh that was kind of like the end of the week before and then uh monday we had just kind of like you know an easy kind of recovery-ish day eight miles with a three mile double so usually those that day is just about kind of preparing kind of i guess a little bit of recovering from the last day but more so just preparing for the next day because then tuesday was uh, a tempo uh which we do four miles roughly 502 503 pace it's just about getting in that in the groove in the flow and just keeping that constant pace for the distance it's it's nice usually pretty enjoyable uh and then i believe wednesday was yeah wednesday was recovery uh we had a recovery run it was eight miles again with a three mile double mm-hmm. getting ready. Like I said, like the one before, you know, you're recovering, but also preparing for the next run, the next workout, because then Thursday, normally we'd have two days of rest sort of in between a workout and a tempo, but we're switching our schedule. So we only had one this week. And then, uh, Thursday was, uh, was a workout. We did a fun cut down workout on a grass field. It was pretty beneficial, a good workout for the team. Um, then Friday, we got to recover from that with uh, just eight miles and then everyone felt kind of tired from the day before, but it was, it was nice weather. So it was nice. And then uh, Saturday, since the schedule is now switched, we did a nice 12 mile long run. And now that's pretty much the schedule that will stay on for most of the, most of the school year, I would say with the Saturday long runs. Uh, and you said today, right? And then, yeah, today was just a shake out three miles. Some people, you don't, it's like, it's really just like your off day. So if you want to run, you can do three miles. You don't always have to, depending on how you feel, but I usually like to three or four miles just because it's always a a run that short is more or less just relaxing and fun. You know, it's not really like a burden or, oh man, I got to get the run done. It's, you know, something you look forward to. So, so Leo, maybe you can answer this one first and Lex, if you want to, um, uh, talk afterward that's fine too but do you guys look forward to and enjoy easy runs more than workouts or is it the other way around because i know some people that like truly love just the easy vibe of a nice eight miles with some guys and good conversations but i also know a lot of people who are like very competitive and like look forward to crushing those hard workouts and the feeling of like fulfillment after accomplishing a hard workout I think it's definitely some of both. I think easy recovery runs, not as much because recovery runs usually follow tough workouts, meaning that we're like super duper tired on them. But um, training runs, but training runs, I think training runs, I, I look forward to a lot because those, despite being faster, are pretty darn easy because you're pretty rested for them. So we were just we're going pretty fast and we're chatting and that's super fun. But then I also do have the side where. I really look forward to like hard workouts, like intervals and stuff where we can just like go after it and really grind and like push ourselves. Like, I think, I don't know. I think there's definitely a balance. Some weeks I'm looking more forward, more, um, some weeks I'm looking forward to the easier runs more or like the effort wise easier runs. And then some days it's just the workouts that I'm thrilled about. So you guys have definitely broken this down in your YouTube videos before, which as always, I'll leave a link to in the show notes, but can you kind of take our listeners through the the different types of runs you guys do, like uh, workouts, training runs, easy runs, shakeouts, et cetera, and how how they like uh, are different from one another? Yeah, totally. So I guess going from slowest to fastest, I'd say the slowest thing we do would probably be either doubles or shakeouts. So those are like 
either your second run of the day or if it's like a Sunday and you're only doing run one run, those I pretty much don't even look at pace. It's just about going completely off a of feel and just getting the the mileage in, just the experience of the run. So those could be anywhere from, I mean, sometimes they're fast, sometimes they're sub seven, sometimes they're like 630 pace, but also a lot of times they could be like far into the seven minutes, like 745 or something. It just depends on how you feel. Usually they're not that slow, but like on a, if you're feeling really tough, uh, I guess, yeah, moving up to the next level would be recovery runs, which are usually, I, I think for us, they're normally like just around that seven minute barrier, sometimes faster, sometimes slower, because in the end of the day, it really is just off a of feel. But those usually follow a tough workout or a long run or a tempo. Usually if it's after a long run or tempo, it's a little faster. And after if it's after a workout, it's a little slower because you're a little bit more tired. But then I guess the next level would be an easy run, which we call it. Uh, so that could be, Sometimes if it's like the long run wasn't that hard, then we'll just like, we won't do a full recovery. We just call it an easy run. And that we normally be in like six forties, I'd say pace wise, just really in the end of the day, all these things really just go off a of feel. So that can vary a lot, but a day after that, like if say we have two days of break, usually we'll go into either like a solid or training run, which is really just like also off a of feel. So sometimes that could be six thirty pace. Sometimes that could be six flat pace. It just depends on how you're feeling and, it's just getting the the benefit from a nice solid run like that. And then I guess the next level of fat, quickness, there's there's a lot of levels here, uh, would be a tempo, which we usually we try and hit around that five flat to five oh five pace, four miles. And those are good, a nice sustained effort, no stopping. It's not intervals, you know, it's a tempo. So four miles straight through, really beneficial. Um, and then you have the fastest of all, which would be workouts, which are interval based and usually around race pace. So depending on what surface you're on and what shoes you're wearing, that could be, uh, I mean, it, it really just depends on the workout, but like we, we get down to some really fast paces because those are the days when you're going after it and you're not, you know, we're not afraid to work hard. You know, you want to work hard in practice, train yourself to work hard in the actual races, you know, you got to learn what that feeling feels like that way you can uh, you know, get used to it and be more accustomed to it when you're actually in a race. But I guess it is that what you're looking for the whole spectrum of runs? No, that's awesome. I think it's uh, good to do that just to kind of give our listeners yeah. um, more of a perspective on some of the terms we'll use throughout the series, because yeah. I'm sure people are confused. Yeah. What's the difference between a training run or easy run? And I know you've said the difference yeah. in videos before, but kind of yeah. gives a nice baseline for listeners uh, heading into the future when you guys use some of these terms. Um, I guess more of a, a fun question, and maybe we can do like a little segment every episode, just talking about, you know, some fun running media things, because uh, I'd love to get your guys' opinions and hot takes on this kind of stuff. And, you know, this is a very laid back second episode, so I want to dive into some more fun subjects. There's this uh, Instagram account. It's like no context track. And I think yesterday or the day before they posted a picture of Jakob Ingebrigtsen with a Newberry Park High School like uh, like um, uh, license. I, I don't I've uh, I don't know the word yeah. for it. But how, how much do you follow accounts like that? And I'm sure you guys laugh when you see that with that kind of stuff. I actually follow that account quite a bit. I yeah, think I follow that account a lot. their stuff it's is funny. hilarious. My friend actually was the one who made that and sent it in. It was oh, just put the, yeah, put he, Jakob on too. Yeah, as a joke, but uh, that's basically just our school's ID card. So like when you go, you get your ID card, and then you need that for like if you say you're at the library or if you're trying to go off campus. It's just one of those things. But 
Man, that yeah, that one was hilarious. That would be crazy if Jakob was that new. <laughs> I loved all the comments about it. It's always so fun reading what people say because I think I think that account brings a, it's like a it's like a comedic, but like also positive side of running. I'd say. I mean, some most of it is really positive. It just like it, it's a cool way to unite the community of running. I think. Yeah, I think what was really funny was I think a couple of years back, Split Mile was really popular. Oh yeah. And that was like, I think like as a freshman and that was just, that, that was, was so absolutely hilarious. I used to look up, I used to read all their posts. I think they were, they had some really fun ones about like NXN, I think. I wonder if I could find them. That's hilarious. Yeah, on a, on another like more controversial uh, subject, do you guys ever, well, okay. First off, while we're on the subject of Instagram, how many weird DMs do you get one? And then two, how often do you guys read your DMs? we get a lot of dms i mean it's like it's unbearable it's, it's yeah i can't read them all it's uh it's crazy and most of it i feel bad are like a lot of people asking for like specific like like i guess advice and uh information but it's like i just realistically i don't have the time to answer them all right which is why i love doing podcasts like this because it's like if people want to know stuff they can listen here and get that deep dive for sure but i usually i mean i check instagram a lot but I, it's rare that i actually go because the the dm requests go into like a separate page that you have to click and kind of get over to and then yeah. load them all so it's a little bit harder to reach so i usually don't actually look at them but sometimes occasionally i do maybe like once a month or something but it's 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 crazy actually yeah there's definitely there's too many dms to respond to all of them sometimes like maybe once in a while i'll just look through the request and see if there's anything like simple that i could answer but most of the time I just, I can't like respond to them because there just be so many. And that's why I try to do as, that's why, like Lex said, we try to do as many like ways to just get that sort of general information out there for people that are, that they're asking, you know? Right, right. And if people actually have like legitimate questions or, or things they want you guys to cover, they can go to my Instagram and whenever I put up a questions thing. Yeah. Like you guys are saying, like a podcast is a great way to answer some of those questions. And I'm sure a lot of them are like, you know, very similar, like, how'd you get so fast? Or like, what, what's the most impressive workout you've ever done or stuff like that? Um, yeah, going back to what I was saying, like more running outlets. Do you guys follow like any other podcasts like Sidious Mag or Coffee Club? Because like, being as fast as you guys are, you guys are definitely talked about a lot. So how much do you pay attention to kind of the the outside running world media um, versus just like sticking to training every day and not focusing at all about what the outside world is saying? Personally, I think I'm more orientated towards focusing in on the training. I probably, I don't engage with the outside media as much as maybe some people do. Like, I don't really go online and like read Mile Split or Let's Run, or I don't like study the Instagram posts. I kind of just like, like if someone tags me in a post and I like kind of, if I like, if I agree with it or like if I support like what they're saying, maybe I'll re repost it. But generally speaking, I try not to be too, too involved with, all the media stuff just because like there's just people i mean people say so there's so much stuff out there and i think the best way for me to stay focused on my training is just to like not worry about the media stuff and just show up on the race day regardless like i don't need to hear the race predictions from mile split i can just do the race predictions myself based off of how i've been working out you know it's right. like i just i fo i try to focus in on my own training so then i'm not like I'm not distracted or stressed out by anything. And it's nothing against the media services. They do a great job covering it. 
Yeah, have, have you guys ever, I don't recommend doing it because some of these just get way out of hand, but gone on Let's Run and seen some of the most ridiculous threads started about either you guys, Nico, or Newberry Park, or Sean. I mean, the Let's Run probably makes thousands of dollars just off of Newberry Park kids and in, in the traffic <laughs> they create through these threads, but have you guys ever read through any of those? Yeah, I've seen a couple. Usually it's not like I'm on there like searching for it. Normally it's like... Uh, people refer me to it they're like oh you have to check this out or some they like i mentioned so i see it but it's yeah it's crazy what some people say a lot of them are you know it's it's of course the whole online thing where they can hide under this anonymous exactly. tag and say whatever they want so i'd be i'm curious to see what some of those people would say if they were uh, in front of you you know oh for sure i mean you guys just need to start saying really controversial things on this podcast and then it'll just blow up the numbers. I remember um, like a month ago, uh, I think Sean was quoted in an interview as saying that, you know, by the time of your senior year track season, uh, he thinks you guys could run in the 1320s, which is like very reasonable, right, with, with how your career progression has gone. But a lot of people took it as uh, him saying you guys could run 1320 on the grass like today and it was back in like July and it was just hilarious seeing people take this interview way out of context so uh, you know oh, yeah. it's like I feel like media companies in general can be really productive for the sport or in the case of Let's Run where there is so many people who are anonymous that's when it can get a little bit out of hand um, so yeah I definitely agree with you guys there um, let's see. Let's get to uh, a few listener questions. One of the first ones, uh, and I won't read the usernames just because it's hard. Um, he says, pre-morning long-run food. Ooh. I guess for me, Lex, that would probably be, I love oatmeal. I love a nice bowl of oatmeal. I think it's uh, a good way to prepare and then probably an iced coffee. I think those two prepare me well for the long run and because long runs are tough, you know, you're out there for a while, so you got to make sure you get a good amount of food. You can start full and finish, like, empty, like, you're, em like, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think for me, um, I usually like to have a coffee, um, but I think the majority of the time, I probably just take it decaf, just because I really like iced coffee. Um, but then, of course, I'll have something to eat. I like to have, like, I think a bagel with, like, peanut butter or Nutella or something like that is probably my preference but when i we don't have bagels in the house i usually just have toast like that with peanut butter and nutella but yeah i wish i should really have more i think that's something i need to dial in better okay so i personally have never had nutella i know there's a ton of hype around it do you guys think oh, it's man. good oh nutella, nutella is nutella is like a religion are you kidding me <laughs> nutella we love nutella it's it's actually insane it's uh i mean i just can't imagine any spread actually no i there, there might be one thing better than Nutella, and that's this like chocolate spread you can get in Switzerland. But uh, yeah, Nutella is, it, it's like above all else. Okay, okay. So maybe I need to reach out to the Nutella PR team and see if they want to sponsor this series. Get, get some free yeah. Nutella. Oh my gosh, get one of those gallon buckets. Yeah, that would be incredible. So are you saying Nutella is a better spread than peanut butter? Because that's definitely a hot take. Oh, most definitely. I mean, it's obviously not better for you. <laughs> like. <laughs> no doubt but like it tastes amazing and it's like it's like i mean as far as like art artificial like spread things go it's not horrible you know it pretty much is just like what like hazelnut and like there's like six, some, there's sort, like five, some sort there's of like five, oil or something but like it's it's not horrible mm -hmm. you know now i can already envision the let's run thread being created leo young publicly yeah. states that nutella is better than peanut butter 
something like that. Um, another question. This is a, a classic runner question. Uh, Mitch asks, half tights or split shorts? Split shorts, for for me at least, all the way. I mean, uh, oh, depends. If it's really cold, half tights, but like any other time, split shorts. So what yeah, about like in workouts? Would you guys wear half tights in workouts and then split shorts in races? Because I know some people do that or the other way around. I yeah. don't. I don't ever race in half tights, and I do sometimes work out in splits. But that is really only if it's like a really chilly, like night workout in the winter. Like, yeah, if it's cold, I'll work out in half tights just because I don't want to. You know, that way you can kind of save your legs a little bit because you don't want them to get cold and it's better for the muscles. But other than that, it's like I'd much rather wear split shorts. Okay, so previous podcast guest Connor Burns, I think he's trying to stir out stir up a little running beef he asks why didn't you guys go sub four it's not that hard hmm um i simply didn't have the opportunity to do it as many to get another run at it i don't know yeah well you got six so you like your season was ending i mean i ran sub four in the 16 and then i ran four flat point whatever six or seven in the mile in the same race and then just bang two weeks later i was done (laughs) so yeah um I would have loved to go sub four, but I think if my I, my season just wasn't long enough to make it happen. Okay, yeah. kind of keying off of that. I'm not saying Connor's trying to start any beef or anything, but low key, the question is a bit controversial. I'm curious, what is your guys's takes on like running beef in general and like running rivalries? Not not even in high school because that doesn't really exist, but you know you kind of see it a little bit more in the professional landscape, and it does make things a little more exciting. So, what are your guys's thoughts on that? I think it's pretty cool, but I don't. I think. It's cool as long as it's not just as long as it's not like I don't like like brutal, just like hatred rivalry. Right. That's something like I really don't like. That's one reason why I love running as a sport so much is it's kind of sport like you race someone and then you can like chat with them and hang out with them after that mutual respect. Exactly. And that's what I really like about it. Like, I feel like it's great to have the rivalry, you know, like looking forward to racing someone at a race and then coming back uh, six months later and racing them again. And like, that's the, they're the reason you're thrilled to race is because you want to beat them and they want to beat you. But as long as it's friendly, I think it's like nothing but good for the sport. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, another question going off of that. So this past year we had five sub four milers, I believe. And uh, I think this upcoming spring, we're like setting ourselves up for a handful more. But I think one of my regrets and, and one regret of other people was those five kids never got to race each other, like all five of them, I think at most two or three at a time. So would that be something if possible, like if the opportunity presented itself to get like all of those top guys in a race on the track, you know, going after like 355 or something absurd like that? Because I think in cross country, you have an NX and it's like everyone goes there so it's easier but in track with all the different meets and state meets and national meets it's harder to get everyone together so would that be something that would interest you in the spring is getting all those guys who'd break break four and and see who's the best one absolutely i mean i don't i mean if it's like a big invite especially but like i'm not just gonna like run away from competition you know like as far as like when we're picking what national championship to go to we're gonna pick whichever one is supposed to have the best competition you know like if we can go to a race that's going to be absolutely stacked with as many people as possible, that would be incredibly challenging. That's exactly what we want. And then another question, this is from Landon and you guys actually, I mean, I know this uh, podcast episode will come out uh, definitely later than the date we record it, but today, Sunday, the 21st, you guys have a video coming out 
on the newest Nike Pegasus. So maybe this will help your question. But Landon asked, has your favorite shoe changed since the Zoom Fly 4? Mm, that's tough because all around shoe, there's there's so many good shoes that work for like different circumstances. But I would say as like my favorite favorite shoe would probably be either the 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 peg 30 the and any of the pegasus really for me they all feel like pretty similar or the the on uh cloud monsters those were actually really really nice so i guess since the fly four yeah it it has probably changed lately so you think you're saying you think it's the cloud monsters the cloud monsters or like a pegasus i don't think pegasus is just i wouldn't pick the pegasus i would take the fly four over the pegasus Yeah, but I think that I think I might like the cloud monster better than all of them. Interesting. So exciting. Yeah, no, I really like the cloud monsters as well. Um, They're a great shoe. Like you guys are saying, they're very well rounded in the different runs that they can handle. Um, I'm curious, have you guys tried out any of like the newer Nike models like the Zoom Fly 5 or the Nike Invincible? Oh yeah, the Invincible we've tried. I like those for really. That's that super, the super. Yeah, it it feels like you're jumping on a pillow. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I'm not the biggest fan of the of the Invincible. I've noticed it's giving me some issues with my planner, so I kind of try to avoid it. But I haven't tried the Fly Five, but I am interested too. Yeah, I heard yeah. they weren't very good looking. Yeah, I didn't like the the aesthetic of the Fly Five, but I would be interested in trying them out to see the performance. For sure. Kind of going off of the topic of shoes, and people ask this all the time, but like, what 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 uh, benefits and um, improvements do you guys think come from using shoes like the Vapor Flies or Dragon Flies in training and in racing? Oh, I think the biggest thing when it comes to what people you know they call them super shoes is just that they let your legs recover better. You know, so it's not necessarily that like they're that much faster, but they're just they're better for your legs in terms of like the pounding. So then you recover more from a workout and then you can actually push yourself harder in, you know, future workouts. And it just allows you to train harder, I think, which is important. And it's, I think, I think that's probably the biggest benefit. And for me, it's like, if I can train harder, that's better, you know? So it's like that I don't see any reason not to wear them. You know, they're, uh, I think they're good for the sport in that sense because they're helping people get fitter. So what would you guys say to the people that uh, constantly claim that kids wouldn't be running this fast these days or like the, even on the professional realm, like people wouldn't be breaking world records if it wasn't for the shoes. And uh, what would you say to those people that think the shoes like give you like 10 seconds per mile or something absurd like that? Man, um, I'll, I'll put on a pair of Mambas and run a race and I'll run the same time. I don't think it makes that big of a difference. I mean, take one thing, for example, I mean, lately... When we've been doing our workouts on the grass, Lex has been running them in dragonflies and I've been running them in Matumbos. And I don't think there's been any significant like, oh my God, Lex is like working half as hard as me. You know, <laughs> it, It's kind of just like a preference thing. Like they're just, they're softer, they feel better. And like, and a lot of times, like they save your legs. Like, I don't think like, I don't think by training in the super shoes, you're going to run like 13, 20 in the 5K versus 13, 40 or something crazy. I think it's a lot of it. It's just like, you can train harder because of it. You're actually getting fitter because I don't think you're as easily injured or your legs aren't as easily like, dis- you're not, your legs aren't as destroyed after a tough workout, you know? 
Right, right. I think Grant Fisher once said on a podcast that like he doesn't really think there's any benefit from wearing them in races. It's kind of like you, uh, you guys were saying, like there's re- he doesn't think there's any time difference, and he's gone on record saying like he would run the same time if he weared like the Matumbos or Mambas. But he said where he thinks the benefit comes from is being able to wear like the spikes more in workouts because the old ones definitely don't have as much support, so you're like definitely feel a lot more beat up the day after. Whereas you can utilize the benefits of wearing a spike or something like the vapor flies in training and be more recovered for the next training run and you know when you're more recovered going into each run the the likelihood of injury is a lot lower so um the more i talk to people the more it seems like it's more the recovery aspect that's helping them train harder which then in turn makes them race faster but it's not actually like a you know if you put on the dragonflies you'll immediately like get the 30 second pr on the 5k um which people have actually asked me like oh if i buy the dragonflies do you think i'll pr by a ton and it's like i think they're the best spike on the market currently but I don't think they're going to drastically, you know, make you faster. Would you guys agree with yeah. that? I agree. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Um, Kyle asked, and as I'm sure our listeners know, the series is presented by Morton. He asks, how do you guys use Morton in training? Um, I think our biggest way that we utilize the Morton products is with their gel caffeine um, packets. I think that those are they're super handy before like a workout and a race. Lex personally uses them constantly. No, I mean, you make it sound like I'm addicted to stuff. I'm not <laughs> addicted to stuff. I like them for a workout or a race. I think they're good because you get the caffeine, but you also get the quick sugar and the carbohydrates. So it lets you like, say you take, say you want 200 milligrams and you want two packets. I'll take one, maybe like before I start stretching, maybe like an hour before or maybe like an hour and 15 minutes before the actual race and then i'll take another one like either while i'm stretching or like after the warm-up maybe like 30 or 40 minutes before and it just i think the caffeine helps but then also the the, the sugars and it's just they, they work well for me and it's really just about finding what works well for you so i like it and i use it right um, are there any other things you guys do before races or workouts that you guys think gives you uh I don't know if competitive advantage is the right term because these products are available to everyone, but that you think gives you like an edge to feel better. Um, I really like coffee. Like I just really like, even if it's like decaf, I just like like the harshness of a black coffee to sip like an ice black coffee before a race or workout before a race. I'll take it with caffeine, but like I just think that like wakes me up and it makes me feel refreshed. And I think that's like a big part of like my training regimen. So I have to ask, this is, you know, w- one hot take of mine is that like black coffee is not good. Like it just tastes horrible. So you genuinely think it tastes good. I genuinely love iced black coffee. Really? Damn, I, black coffee. I just, and sometimes I even try to hunt down like the most bitter black coffee possible. No way. Are you serious? Yeah, I think it's really good. Lex, what's your opinion on this? Uh, I just don't see why you would do that. I mean, (laughs) personally, I don't think the black coffee really tastes all that much better. It's really just a more concentrated form. So I'd rather just add some cream, add some milk and make it taste a little bit more, in my opinion, enjoyable, you know, and then I think it's, it's really nice like that. But I mean, I guess if he likes it like that, or if he's telling himself he likes it like that, that's fine. But Honestly, I think the graphic design for this episode should be, you know, uh, Leo quoted as sometimes I seek out the most bitter black coffee possible. <laughs> that would be really that would get people to listen. 
So, Leo, I have to ask, like, I respect your opinion for liking black coffee. My mom will love you all the more because of it. She loves black coffee. She kind of feels the same way that you do. So I have to ask, like, if you were going for purely taste, you're in the off season, you know, sugar does not matter at all. What drink are you getting from a coffee perspective for, like, premium taste? Please don't tell me it's black coffee. Um. Well, I, I would never just – I never take, like, sugar in my coffee just because I don't really like it sweet. Sometimes, like, if I'm just thinking, like, if I don't want it, like, super bitter, I'll get, like, a nice, like, black, oh, not black. I'll get a nice coffee that's iced, and I'll put just a little bit of cream in there. But genuinely speaking, I really like iced black coffee. But then there's also the, like, the side of things where it's, like, I love chai, and that is so good. So, like, if the coffee shop makes really good chai or if they make a good dirty chai, I often will get that. Okay, we'll take two more questions before we wrap up today's episode. Uh, They're both from Andrew. Shout out to him for asking good questions. He asks, recovery techniques, because um, at least from my perspective, I think this is a good question to ask because it's something that people are constantly interested in. And I'm definitely a believer in the saying that like, you can only train as hard as you recover because if you're not recovered, your body's just going to be broken down all the time. So what are your biggest recovery techniques? Hmm. I think a huge thing for us is like just generally just like I like just like resting like sleep <laughs> sleep you know like really really nail the sleep um drink a lot of water like I probably I drink an absurd amount of water I usually I probably drink anywhere from like a gallon to 2 gallons every day and then um I try to eat good food especially after the workout it's important that you get good food in right away like I always have a cliff bar right after the workout to like because Nico recommended that. He was like, yeah, it's got the right carbs to protein ratio. And it's like, okay, perfect. I'll do it. But um, then also we like to use the fireflies a lot. Like those, I think those are really good because they increase the blood flow like crazy and they just help um, general recovery. And they're super easy to put on just throughout your day. Uh, what else is super? Oh, I guess rolling out is really important. We do that. We try to do that a lot because it's just like a really simple method to recover and then, I mean, one thing that's probably, one thing that's probably pretty overrated is just like stretching, like, but especially before your run, like stretch before your run, because if you're really, really sore, but like you actively like stretch before you run, or if you're really tight, like that makes you feel a whole lot better than you can, than you'd expect. Like just being well stretched before your run could turn like a run that would be feeling super tight and super sore into something that's just kind of like a little bit tired. So one final question from Andrew. He asks, all-time favorite workout or workout that gives them confidence going into a race? Ooh. Um, hmm. That's a good question. We're talking cross-country? I guess so. I guess because we're in the season. Let's let's go with cross-country. Okay. Um, I really like kilometer repeats. Yeah. When we do Ks is what we call it. We just usually do like seven or eight by a K and those are it's like you know it's obviously quite difficult because you're going really fast and there's a lot of volume but they're broken up into small enough chunks because it's only it's only a thousand meters so it's pretty easy to grasp mentally and it's just it's a fun one I think Okay, a personal question of mine is, and we'll go from a track perspective because it's easier to track the reps and like the workouts are definitely more unique. Uh, what is your favorite rep to do on the track and what is your least favorite rep, like from a distance perspective? 
Oh, I don't like anything over a mile on the track for a rep. That just gets so tiring. <laughs> but my favorite is probably, um, I think 400s. They're like, they're so fun. You just go out. It's just like, really, it's just opening and closing. Like, there's no really midsection to a 400. Yeah. So I think that that's probably my favorite because like, those are really fun just to grind out like, to what feels like infinity, just like forever, just going through them. But yeah, that's my favorite. Awesome. Guys, before we wrap up today's episode, can you give our listeners maybe, uh, I don't know if you've gotten it yet, but your racing schedule, when the first race is, and how you guys are feeling going into that. I'm sure it'll be pretty close after the time this uh, podcast drops. Hmm. Uh, actually, it might not be. We're, we're thinking that we might not open up until Clovis invite, which is, I think, mid-October. Really? Yeah, so the the goal would be to to open up later and have say like three hard efforts during the season. You'd have Clovis, then you'd have the state meet, and then NXN or whatever national meet. Um, and that's that's the goal. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a late start, but it would be it would be fun because then the goal would be, I guess, actually after that to eventually extend the season and try and go to the USA Junior U twenty. Uh, cross country championships and yeah so that that's in like january so th- it would be a pretty long season so that's why we're gonna we'd want to open it up later gotcha yeah that makes sense so two quick follow-up questions are you guys planning on doing woodbridge it sounds like you aren't and two have you guys decided which national meet you're doing well, um we are not doing woodbridge because at well least, it's at least not well, us I, well lex and i aren't mostly just because like well one because we want to open up the season later it because of the the possibility of extending it so late um and then also it's a different course this year so it doesn't make as much sense for us um so for whatever reasons we're just lex and i just aren't going to run it but um then as far as the national meet national meet goes we don't have anything like super definitive on where we're going but the goal is basically just to go where we think we can have the most competition which probably looks like probably nxn gotcha well lex and leo it's been a pleasure as always chatting with you guys it's been a fun second episode having some banter about black coffee and talking about some workouts and whatnot and answering your (laughs) listener questions so thank you guys so much for uh talking with me this episode and i look forward to the next one of course thanks for having us Thank you so much for listening to the call room with lex and leo young i hope you all enjoyed it as much as i did you guys can give us a five-star review on spotify so that we can attract new listeners and also subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode when it comes out and then one last thing the series is presented by morton you can go in the show notes of this episode or the link in my description on my instagram the running effect to check out all of their incredible products so until next episode peace out peace out